We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale, Dope Jacket. Today, if you guys are watching on YouTube, it's all pro wrestling today. Hopefully, you guys already checked out our boxing and MMA episodes that dropped this week. Both were fire. People hitting me up, letting me know that the strip club I went to was in East St. Louis, (laughs) across the water from St. Louis. But East St. Louis is in Illinois. So who knew? And uh, I'm never going there again. But thank you to everyone who has also probably frequented this strip club in East St. Louis and let me know what's going down. Mm. I'm telling you, Dre, obscure strip clubs. It brings it brings everyone together. Everyone has a story. It's not my jam. You guys can have it. Well, that's because you, again, you ain't bougie, but you spoiled. For we uh, welcome producer Cole Bebe onto the show here in a second. But you're, you're definitely spoiled. Because grew up in Vegas, so you went to the 18 and up strip clubs if you wanted to. Went to Little Darlings. Little Darlings, if you were really broke, talk of the town. Ooh. Shout out to Tot next to the Stratosphere. Mm. Um, before then, it's no longer here. R.I.P. Pussycats. Yes, I went to Pussycats. On Tropicana. Yes. That, that, one was, that one was next level. Or the library. I didn't go. Down on Boulder Highway. Yeah, shout out to the east side. Yeah. So you grew up with all that. Then went to school in Atlanta. Yes. <laughs> and just strip club out over there. And it didn't even matter. You guys weren't even 21. I'm sure y'all got into the oh. strip clubs. Did whatever the hell y'all wanted. Did I? When you went to Morehouse. Woo. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. So we went to this is a quick strip club story. So we going to Morehouse. We wanted to go to Magic City. Now, obviously, we're like 18. So it wasn't happening. Right. We had a homie named Wu. His name was Wu. He's like, I'll get you in the club. It won't be that one. So we went to Gentleman's Club, I think. Boy, it was amazing, right? <laughs> but we were broke. So these, these strippers are looking at us like, get y'all college asses out of here. Because, you know, we're, we're young and dumb, so we just go to the front of the stage. And they're like, nope, get your ass in the back. So after about 40 minutes of feeling really uncomfortable and really broke, we were, Wu was like, we got to get out of here because you little motherfuckers, you're awful. Like, let's go to a, a real strip club. So one of the strip clubs not too far from Morehouse, which is not a good thing. <laughs> we pull up in there. It's dark, smoky. 
And I'm like, me and Razor Ramon. If Razor's listening to this, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Me and Ramon were like, all right, well, I guess this is, you know, more up our speed because we're broke and nobody's going to check for us for money. The first woman comes out, they're like, here comes Frenchie. And Frenchie was like, this is no disrespect, but the woman was, she was hairier than most men. And the dudes were like, woo! And I was like, woo, get me the fuck out of here. Right? Because they was like, you can't leave while she's on stage because she'll know. And it reminded me of like Players Club with Trixie. There's some hoes in this house. And yo, we got to, we, we left out. Never, after that, I was like, I'm only going to upscale strip clubs. Like that ruined it for me because she had like hair on her shoulders. Son, it was awful. Oh my God. Yeah, no, I've never seen a stripper quite like that. She was, a, she was a beast, <laughs> literally. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've, Vegas is a weird place. And there used to be a place off of the freeway. If you guys are ever in Vegas, you try to go from the Strip to downtown, there's the 15 freeway that you have to take to get downtown. If you make a left by mistake and it hits this exit called Rancho, (laughs) people would get off there. There was a place called Larry's Villas. Yeah. A.K.A. Scary Larry's when we were in high school. After high school, I knew someone who danced at Scary Larry's. And it's more like dive bar than it is strip club. But it's a bunch of casino, like uh, the little playing machines Mm -hmm. that you have. One bar and then one long ass runway stage with a pole in the middle. And simultaneously one day, I saw a chick who had to have given birth two weeks before on stage. And I, I went to nursing school for a second. Like, I know what this looks like. Like, that cesarean scar was quite fresh. So, two weeks before she had to have been pregnant, I saw a woman who was 58 years old. She looked 58 too? Only in the face. Oh, no. The body wasn't horrific. So, she's like Air Force Amy from the Bunny Ranch? Yes. (laughs) Yes. So, um, black woman, no. Still had a jerry curl up top. Oh, shit. No, she was 58 in the face and the hair. And she was Air Force Amy. Yeah, she was 1972, all up here, about 2008, all down here. Yeah, so uh, it was Stealth Susie, is what we were talking <laughs> And then again, the third person, there was only three people on shift. So oh. you only had, and they had $10 lap dances. So you only had so much, and the rotation was quick. So the 58 year old had to be in shape because you're going up every three songs, damn near, just bang, 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 hitting the stage. But then the other chick was like, 19, I was 20. She was like 19 years old. Went to Cheyenne. Mm. I found this out later. She went to Cheyenne High School. She was the exact opposite of the one I mentioned before. Where she was 19 in the face, about 58 in the body. Oh. So, yeah, it just, it wasn't proportionate. It was it was quite the place. That was chemically unbalanced. <laughs> yeah. uh, granted, I did go there at like 4 p.m. So oh, I've done that one time. I take, went to, take it for what it's worth. I, I walked into the Crazy Horse 2 oh. in the middle of the day. One time, I was just walking. I was like, let me just... The door was open. And this guy was like, hey, sure. Like, I'm just going to come in. And I walked in, and I was like, oh, no. You don't go to the strip club in the middle of the day. It's just... No. There's only one reason to go to a strip club in the middle of the day, Trey. To eat. To eat. <laughs> Got to get the food, baby. Wings. I, I don't know any time. They have good brunch buffets. I don't believe it. But uh, they can't be good. They might be okay. I went to Olympic Gardens to, to watch WrestleMania. Oh, yeah, definitely. That was great. 
It was like in my, my I went with my wife. Was she my wife then? She might have been still my girlfriend. I can't remember. Is that when Godfather owned it? He still owns it, I think. I might be closing down. Now it's Cheetahs. Um, oh, he owned Cheetahs. Yeah, but uh, I I can't. They had a WrestleMania. I wanted to watch WrestleMania. It was this is yeah. This had to be early mid two thousands. Yeah, HBK Cena. What WrestleMania is that? I don't remember. Whatever WrestleMania they they had advertised Olympic Gardens WrestleMania party, and I looked at my wife and I was like, "You just got to pay the cover, right?" And I, and, you know, and my wife was like, "Yeah, is that where you want to go for WrestleMania?" And I was like, "I don't feel like paying like fifty dollars to watch it on pay per view, so let's just go to the strip club." Now my wife is funny; she actually likes strip clubs for like different reasons. She analyzes women. Oh, my wife's the same way. Not in a disrespectful way, no. but she's like. She does well. Like, she's fascinated with women that get up the pole. The tri- my wife is the exact same way. She'll go to a strip club and, like, be amazed and, like, really into the yeah. aerobic and, like, athletic ability of these women. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. So, like- the, so the dynamic is, like, I'm watching wrestling. So anything that's coming my way, I got blockers on. Like, leave me alone. I'm watching wrestling. Then they just go to my wife. And my wife's just like, hey. She's like, can you? How do you do that trick? If you know my, if anybody has heard my wife, it's like, you know how she talks. She's like, I need to learn how you, and she's talking to them. And most of them didn't do tricks as Olympic Gardens. So they're very, like, very showgirl strippers. They're like cheerleader strippers. Like, y'all don't, y'all not even really flexible like that. So my wife was very disappointed and let them know, like, you guys need to get some women of culture in here that can do tricks. That would be your wife. That she is, would 100% critique them yes. and then try to give them yeah. advice on how to and get better. And I'm watching better. WrestleMania. It's like, y'all want to dance? I was like, no, Cena versus HBK is on. Leave me alone. Oh, yeah. I do not get sh- dances in strip clubs. No, I'm good. No, we've talked about this in previous episodes. $30, Dre. $30. That's all I bring in. I get 10 ones and a 20 in my pocket. The 20 <laughs> is for drinks whenever they go on special. All strip clubs have specials. Yes, they do. The $10 is $10 in ones. I sit away from the stage. Someone has to blow me away for me to get up and place one single on the stage. Mm. Sit my ass back down. All right. Well, I'm that's, the, worst, the worst strip club attendee. That, that's the show for today because uh, we started. Uh, <laughs> but everyone, This is everyone, a wrestling podcast, yes, you guys. Uh, but everyone was fascinated by the, the small strip club story. So thank everyone yeah. for listening to our other shows. And like I said, all wrestling today. Producer Cole Bebe. You are here. He's been waiting patiently as we talked about strip clubs. Look at his face. He is a man of culture. He is now in L.A. <laughs> I'll tell you this much, Cole. WrestleMania weekend is packed. It is. Our schedule is crazy. They're going to be everywhere. Uh, yeah, and and d- don't plan on going anywhere fast, no. uh, by the way. For That's any of true. those planning any of their events, any of their WrestleMania weekends, uh, y- you know, like like a lot of other cities, I feel like are... A little bit easier to commute around. Uh, Los Angeles ain't it. So pick and choose your events that you choose to go to uh, wisely. I will tell you uh, this. Where one of those nights, we'll probably go watch like Joey Janela Spring Break or whatever the midnight mm-hmm. wrestling show is. And then we're going to the strip club, Cole. So make Let's make sure <laughs> make sure you're go. ready. Oh, here we go. This Listeners, is the best. If you're in I, felt LA, like, I felt like, uh, I felt like what you guys are telling... When you were telling that story, I felt like Woody and those memes, just the hole up, let him cook. You guys were going. This is great. <laughs> By the way, uh, Dre, that was WrestleMania 23. Thank you. What year was uh, that? And uh, WrestleMania 23 was 2007. I'm looking at the poster right oh, now. Still a hip hop And John Cena. Yep. And uh, then it was Batista Undertaker. Yes. And of course, oh. featured prominently on this poster. 
one Vincent Kennedy McMahon Battle of the Billionaires. Donald Trump. Battle of the Billionaires. Uh, yep. Bobby Air Lashley. With, with yep. Bobby Lashley and Umaga, Umaga with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes. I was working as referee. I was that was in. all spectacle. Yeah, I was, I was editor-in-chief of Hip Hop DX, so the, I couldn't expense it. <laughs> Hip Hop DX was cheap as fuck anyway. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go to the strip club to watch wrestling. And like, yeah. Listen, that's not a, never a bad idea. No, I wasn't. They show UFC bad. fights now. If I didn't have to cover it for work, I'd probably be there yeah. for some UFC fights. I enjoyed myself. Yes. Next time you go, get some wings. I mean, by the way, Lemon LA. pepper wings. And anyone who's listening to this, if you're going to be in LA for WrestleMania weekend, it's going to be a bunch of us. Everyone is welcome. You guys bring your $30. We're mobbing as a crew. <laughs> I mean, and to be clear, yes, yeah. Uh, while Kel talks about the strip club, I, I cannot accept or deny whether I'm going to be doing that. I don't know how it's going to be a long weekend. You're, you're a lot busier than most. Uh, yeah, I got a lot going on. But uh, make so sure you, you get a pass. Make sure Cole y'all does not. Yeah, no, Cole gets no pass. Shit. <laughs> we we in sure, there. Make sure y'all go to Wale Mania. Um, that that shit is shaping up, and it feels like everybody's already going to be there. Yep. And uh, I, we haven't been there since 2019. It's true. And, uh, yeah, we got some shit in the works. Is that uh, four years? Yeah, four years. Wow. 2019. Yeah, 2019. Because 2020, we didn't go. 2021, we didn't go. 20, yeah. So, we've missed yeah. the last three WrestleManias, which is unlike me. So, Wally Mania is going to be just absolutely bonkers. Uh, yeah. Then there's, I mean, there's there's Bloodsport. There's there's the collectives doing their thing. Janela Spring Break. Uh, Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Uh, DDT's doing a bunch of shows. Ring of Honor on Friday. SmackDown's on Friday. Janelle Spring Break's on Friday night. Saturday is NXT. Oh, like 9 a.m. <laughs> which is crazy. Uh, and then in the middle of the day, that's the other thing you can find me at if you're, you're trying to... I'll be with the crew at Busted Open. I don't know how I'm going to get there because it's at Whiskey A Go-Go on Sunset Boulevard and NXT is at Crypto. And Whiskey A Go-Go starts at noon. I figure NXT ends at like 11 and, you know, like, Todd LaGreca is like, you're going to get on stage with us? If I can fucking get there. But then you got to remember, after that, we got to go to WrestleMania. Shit, yeah, that's Saturday. So you got to get from up there to Mania. Up there, back there. And then in the middle of all of this, for the combat sports people out there, is the Anthony Joshua fight is in the middle of all this. So, and I have to find a way to watch this fight and write something about it. But, yeah, we'll talk more about WrestleMania as we get closer. But if you're in L.A., yeah, come find us. Good yeah. luck finding us, Good but luck. we're going to tell you where we're going to kind of be at. Yeah, we're going to be a little bit everywhere. There will be. The crew is going to have brunch on Friday. That's, that's either Friday or Sunday. I haven't decided yet, depending on how busy we are. Sunday, maybe before night two, or Friday, just because we're all there. But we're going to do a crew brunch. So I don't know if we'll tell everybody where we're at, because we ain't paying for y'all. No, no. Well, I'm paying for one person. You're paying for me? Unfortunately. Baby! Oh, shit. <laughs> Unfortunately. And if y'all have ever should heard... My, should I bring my DCs to celebrate as well? Just oh like, really God. just... Uh, if you remember... If anybody remembers the last time I cashed out a, on a bet at a wrestling event with Kel, that was uh, all in? It was a all comically out. large <laughs> bottle of champagne. That shit was gigantic. Oh. <laughs> and I share. Yes. I share shared it with everyone. Yeah. Just because. Just because. I'll do it again. Oh, Maybe. God, I hate it. Ah, I hope they have no champagne. Oh, I, I hope they run out of champagne that week. There is no way I'm going to pick a brunch that doesn't have champagne. <laughs> and you're going to, you, yes. You uh, would. Hopefully, they just got bottomless then. Like, you just, I mean, listen. Whatever dude. floats your boat. But yeah. <laughs> it's, it's going down. The comically large bottle was horrendous. Uh, all right, wrestling. 
is what we're supposed to be talking about. Yeah. It's hard to pinpoint where to start. We should since start with WWE and get Yeah, since it's an AEW pay-per-view. Yeah. We'll wait um, on what happened on Dynamites. We'll talk about how the pay-per-view is looking right now, everything going into that in a second. We'll start with WWE. Their WrestleMania is going to be good. It's going to be better than past years, probably. <laughs> I know where this is going. There are a few things on here that are troubling. Two. A few? In particular. A few. That are troubling. Two very much. So. Two very bad. Mm-hmm. One, <laughs> the Giants, Omas, and Brock Lesnar. Just say it. Makes no damn sense. Yeah, it does. Want to know why? It does. Here's why. Here's why. What black person has Brock Lesnar not beat yet? (laughs) (laughs) His last? There's a check. The agenda continues. He was like, bring me more. And, you know, MVPs, he has a cane. He can't do it. Shelton is his homie. He nerfed, he nerfed both of them in a Royal Rumble. So yeah. they, they, they've already gotten their comeuppance. So it's like when they came in the room, for whatever, for whatever reason, I'm disgusted that they're moving away from Lesnar Lashley the way that they did with that finish at Elimination Chamber. Like, that is disgusting. That is very poor. Of all the things that I can shit all over, it is that particular booking. But to separate them, and then I don't know who walked into whose room and was like, did Brock Lesnar go feed me more black people? And it was like, we got a big one over here. Or did Hunter say the agenda continues? And Brock was like, hell yeah. And like, who's black that we can beat up this time? Not Ricochet. No. Cedric. C- like, all the black people. Omos is the only one left. Pretty much. There's no way in hell Omos wins this match. This match doesn't go three minutes. And he gets F5. That's the whole premise. That's the whole thing. Is can you pick him up? We've seen this. We saw it with Hogan. Like, we, we've seen this with Yokozuna. How is this fun? I'm going to boo the fuck out of this match. Oh, Wherever I'm at in the fun. arena, I'm booing it. This... And there were reports that, like, Brock didn't want to work with Bray. So Ooh, Yeah, I get that. I guess. Right? Like, at this point, because you got to put Bray over at this point, whoever he wrestles, because he's flailing. <laughs> Brock ain't give that man no offense. Zero. He ain't selling him as being scary either. He's oh. laughing at It would have been a horrible build. Oh, can you imagine the promos? Because oh, Brock's r- ripping him to shreds. He's laughing he's at him. He's going to laugh at him. They're all going to laugh at you. Yeah. They're gonna la- he's going to laugh at him. I can't remember Brock and Taker build. But I think that was, was just mostly Heyman. streak. Yeah, and, and it was Heyman. Heyman carried a lot of that build. Yeah, because Brock... And Brock yeah. wasn't this Brock. Brock no. is truly in I don't give a fuck mode right yes. now. And he's enjoying himself, which is great. But if it was Bray, he would just... It would be brutal because no. he wouldn't take anything seriously. No, so I guess when you're at that point, it's just like, yo, we're paying you. And you're like, yo, you pay me set at home. And they're like, we gonna pay your ass to show up. Whether it's three minutes, four minutes, whatever it is. It's like, who would you want to... Re- like, these are the next couple of options. And they're all black. And, <laughs> and he was just like, yo, I'm going to pick up the big guy. I'm going uh, to try to suplex him. It's not going to work. I'm going to figure out a F5 him. That's going to be the end of it. I'm going to collect my check. I'm going to go back to the farm with his wife for six, seven hours or whatever he said in that one promo. <sighs> so, yeah, like, that's, that's his agenda. So I, I get that. It's going to be horrible. But I get the spot they were put in. As soon as you move away from Brock and Lashley, because that's the thing we don't know. This shit is bad, right? But we don't know backstage politics. We don't know, will Lesnar possibly lose at Elimination Chamber but not lose at Mania? Because he has a lot more power than a lot of other people. Yeah, you got to take that from him. So at this point, it's ingrained, whether it's Trips, whether it's Vince, 
it, the contract deems, and, and he's shown, like, yo, I'll go home. When Vince got fired, he was like, I'm home. Yeah, yeehaw. <laughs> and they got him to come back. And now you're, you're not going to pull that card twice. So he has the leverage. He knows what he's doing. If he's like, yeah, I'm not losing to Bobby at Mania, then what? And you're like, well, the match that elimination chamber. And then you give it a weird finish. A screwy finish. Because he's like, what are you like, yo, I'm not losing. Like straight up. And then you're like, well, you're not working Bray. So we, we already called, we already called the winner out. So we got to get Lashley to beat you, but you not look weak. Yeah. How do we do this? And it leads to something that doesn't make sense. And it leads to the finish you saw. And not to put everything on Brock, because even in that situation, I don't think he's wrong. When you present him with Bray who's not been great coming back, he is not in the wrong to say, no, like I, I put over Roman. Leave me alone. He's the golden child. I mean, I ain't putting over everybody. Like no. his name has to be as special as Taker losing the streak, Taker putting people over. like he's looking at himself like if I put somebody over, this shit means something. And no, I'm not just going to keep putting everyone over. Yeah, I mean, I get it. And the Omos thing is going to be spectacle. So it's going to be quick work. You could throw a whole nother match on the card. I mean, that's going to be fast. Because, and I get it with this whole Lashley. I just don't understand why they didn't finish this at WrestleMania. It, Brock could have won at WrestleMania. I would have been fine with it. It just felt like this build was building to a WrestleMania match. And now we're going into a three to four week build against completely random opponents. Yeah. And then more importantly, I wouldn't, I mean, maybe Brock didn't want to put him over, but you want to make somebody? Gunther. You could have made Gunther at WrestleMania, but they, now you could save it. Again, yeah, he don't want. He ain't gonna lose. I, I think maybe if he was presented with a program earlier, it was like Gunther is your guy. But they were already planting the seeds for Gunther with Drew yeah. and everyone. So like that program was there. I think in their mind the whole time, because the LA Knight feud, as great as LA Knight was, was supposed to keep Bray busy. And I'm thinking they're thinking like, yo, Bray's gonna kill a monster at Mania. Bray's gonna go over on Brock. We're gonna get him to where he's supposed to be. It's going to make Bray. And Brock is looking like, have you been seeing this shit? I just saw the face paint. I ain't doing that. So they they book Bray out and they're like, well, he got to beat someone who looks really big and strong. This is stupid. So they went to the second guy. And it, it's, it's one of those things. They could have prepped a lot better. And you could have done this fully on SmackDown if it was Bray versus Braun Strowman. Because if Bray's building a crew which it looks like he is. Having him against Braun Strowman, who used to be in the Wyatt family, where you could play off of history, who's a big guy, makes a lot more sense than Bobby Lashley or Brock Lesnar. It's all bad. That, you could have built that for months, even within the LA Knight feud. So I, I think that's weird. Just like they haunted Alexa, kind of. And then it just like, went away. It went away. I, I think Alexa took some time off. But like they haunted Alexa... You could have haunted Strowman. Like, it makes sense to try to recruit people you used to be with, right? Like, there was a way to make this make sense. And instead, Strowman's with Ricochet. And I like the tag team, but that's not getting you shit for yeah, Mania. What, what are they doing at Mania? Not a damn thing. Are they going to wrestle each other? So, it could have been Brock and Bobby with Brock winning and Bray and Strowman with a big-ass dude who looks unstoppable, choo-choo train, which would have been perfectly fine for Bray. And you get the same outcome. Yeah. It would have been a win-win. They didn't think it through. So that both of those matches pain me. And I'm not sure what this tag team women's... Oh, I know what this is. 
damage control. Cole, do you know what this is? Legends thing is. Go, go on. I, I, I think we're thinking the same thing. All right. But I, so I think I know where you're going. With damage this. control are heels. Becky Lynch and Lita are baby faces. For the past two and a half weeks, Ronda and Shane are the biggest threat in the tag team division. You can't have them work damage control, so you got to get the titles off damage control to a few that Ronda already has with Becky Lynch. And now you have Ronda and Shayna against Becky and Lita. That's what they want at WrestleMania. Oh, I didn't think of that. Enjoy. Congratulations. Oh, God, Ronda's been horrible. Ronda's been awful. We've already talked about her being Ben Simmons and all that shit. But but (laughs) the tag team division is so shallow. I feel very bad for Dakota Kai and Eel Sky. I feel terrible for them. Because, like, they got the titles. They had nothing to do with them because they were no contenders. They never defended them. And now they just get beat for them by an old, aging, returning leader. And now great in that match. She she looked fine. But EO needs... She's so good. And Dakota is as well. Now they have nothing for WrestleMania for them. Just so Ronda and Shayna can have a moment. In a tag team that nobody cares about. I think the best thing they can do to salvage it is make it a triple threat. Because just losing your belts and not wanting to run it back, yeah. especially this close to WrestleMania, makes no sense to me. It's bad. I, I feel like you could hide Ronda a little bit more. Can you hide tri- her mouth? In a triple threat. I, I don't care about the promo. The promo is going to be horrendous. I'm talking about night of. Like, Becky's about to nerf Ronda. Oh, my oh God. My God. But night of... I think you could say Ronda and Shayna be like, we need, we deserve a shot at these titles. Damage control is going to say, we lost these, we deserve a shot. And then you have Lita there and, and Becky, and it's like, okay, give us a triple threat. It elongates the match. It gives better spots. He'll give cool spots. I, I think that's the way to go with this match. They're not going to do that. But then it, it's smart, and you get more people on card. And again, you keep damage, damage control in this. But does this mean what for Bailey? Come on, Trish Stratus. One-on-one? Yes. Okay. I don't even know if Trish, how long can Trish wrestle a match? Like? She don't care. And neither does, because who did Trish work at that Evolution event? That was like two years ago, three years ago now? It was pre-pandemic. Yeah, it was. So it was but, about four. But it feels like Bailey, last mania. Bailey and Trish feel like a natural match for those two to have. And it's, you know, you have two nights, which is hopefully be unnecessary in a few years. Like, I don't like two nights of WrestleMania. It was cool before, but now I'm just I'm like... I'm cool if you keep both kind of short. You got you have to keep them short. But if you need to fill some spots, Bailey and Trish, you could do worse than that. And then, obviously, Damage Control could come out with Bailey, and they're, they're on the card, but not really. But I saw, as soon as I saw the tag match, this title match happening on Raw, I was like, oh, they're done. They're handing over those titles, and we're building towards Ronda and Shayna trying to get those titles. Hopefully, they lose. But <laughs> Lito is going to eat the pin. If, if It's not going to be bad. Yeah, no, um, yeah, I think Ronda wins. They're, they're going to put Ronda over. It's L.A. She's from Cali. She's a star to some people still. It's just, yeah, I don't know. They're paying her a lot. I think this might be the last year of her deal. I, it was good while it lasted. It's not so good anymore. Nah. It, it's run its course. Yeah. they. It's, it's okay to go find the next, you know, Ronda Rousey or maybe just invest in the younger people coming. Because you have a lot of good young talent. Yeah. Outside of that, everything else is taking shape. Dominic Mysterio versus Ray. 
We have Finn versus Edge still going. Which th- it needs a stipulation. I need. It does. They got like three weeks to get there. I figure they'll get there, but they need, they need something for that match. It can't be just a match. We've seen it too many times, so I don't know. Cole, what stipulation would you put on that match? I mean, I feel like they're they're going to want something like a Hell in a Cell, but like this feud, I, like it's just, it is absolutely not doing it for me. Part of it is just Judgment Day just doesn't do it for me. And this is the same issue that I think Damage Control is running into as well. You create a faction and then you just keep losing. Like what's the point of you all teaming up if you're all just going to keep losing all the time, right? Like, I guess like for damage control, at least they had the the the, the women's tag belts. But again, those have been, I mean, th- those titles, other than them making kind of a makeshift tournament for it, that's the only push that they've gotten. So I don't know. I think uh, Rhea does it lose. Isn't, Rhea's, it, Rhea's Rhea not, doesn't. She's it's weird because she's like not Judgment Day. She is, but True. it's like. The way she's presented, like especially heading into this match, when Rhea works, she's by herself. Yeah. Uh-oh. When the guys Dom work, sometimes. yeah. Well, Dom's there, Dom. but yeah. But when the guys work, Rhea's there to, to help them. Obviously, the guys can't necessarily beat up on women for Rhea, but it feels like Rhea's on their own island. And I'm very interested in the crowd reaction when Rhea faces Charlotte because I know what side I'm on. Oh, she's gonna be a baby face, right? I and then if you have that, Dominic, that next feud right after. Is key. Very okay. key. But <laughs> you but, gotta keep her healed. But the 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 trick of it is now that they know that Rhea's kind of she's over, right? Like and it's like, ah, oh, we gotta keep we have to keep pulling her back. Because I'm sure Charlotte does not want to get booed as the baby face. No. The and only she, way they keep her heel is Dominic. Yeah, she cheats to win. Who? Which sucks. Yeah, I, I want I, her I to beat Charlotte I, clean. I, I need Rhea to get over clean. But when was the last time Charlotte lost clean as a sheet? They do they I don't know. I, I feel like she, if she doesn't go over clean, it's a waste to me. Because this is one of those moments. Again, we don't know backstage politics. We don't. And I've heard just... things. But, <laughs> but like, when, when Sasha Banks won that title on the roll-up on Charlotte, yeah. and then the emotion flowed, I feel like Rhea could have that moment mm. as a heel. And people would be like, that's cool. Because you deserve that. Yeah. You've earned that. I don't, but as long as Dominic's around, she's a heel. But the Judgment Day, is, to Cole's point... I just don't care. You don't win enough. You're not a threat. I still like the Judgment Day. It sounds good in theory, but they don't win. And they might all lose at WrestleMania except for Rhea. Finn ain't losing. They're all winning. Unless Finn comes out of the Demon, I'm not interested. I do want to see the Demon. That's it. The Judgment Day Demon? I just, or whatever it is. I want Finn to go back to the old, I'll dress up as whatever's cool and make it look really evil. Prince Devitt. Yeah, I I need Fergal. Yes, which is a possibility with Trips. Because Trips in NXT let him come out a lot. I mean, it was still like, the demon, the chainsaw. It was still yeah. variations of the demon. It wasn't like when he wrestled in like progress and everything else where he no, would. No. He was everything. He There's was a lot venom. of copyrights. But then you you go that yeah, you go that direction, and then you end up having the fucking Finn Balor sponsored by yeah no. whatever movie you know Shazam. Like in this motherfucker oh, gotta fuck. come out in Shazam's <laughs> face paint. So don't. is that better? Is that better than the Mountain Dew laser tag match? That's really uh, what it comes down to. The bar is extremely low. Don't do Finn like that. Shazam Finn. <laughs> Shazam Finn. Oh. What else is coming out around that time? So you got like Fast Ten. Yep. You, you have can, Guardians. He could be. A, he could be a car. 
He could be. <laughs> Vince Trips, please cover your ears. You so don't hear any of put this. Put some rims don't on them. Listen to any. Put of some this. rims throw on them. Some D's on. Yeah, throw some D's <laughs> on that fin. Uh, you could have him as a car. He being guarded. He could be John Wick. John Wick Four John. is coming out. <laughs> no, but Cody already came out with a dog. You can't come out with a dog. That's too. true. That's true. It's, it's a hat on a hat. Yeah, I mean, maybe he comes out as, as Ghostface from Scream. Oh, there you go. That actually would be kind of hard. Yeah, paint. unfortunately, Scream will already be out, so it'd be too late to do sponsored by Scream. What is it, six? Yeah, unless. But what if they do it during the buildup and he just like keeps showing up in the Scream mask somewhere, or he has like the Scream makeup and Ooh, this is how they built the demon, and then he just paints the Scream mask on. That'd be dope. Comes they're out not going to do it. Cloak? it. Fire! It's gonna it's gonna be sponsored by something stupid. It'll and then be, David Arquette comes out and oh. no, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be sponsored Cold by something. Too many deep dives into WCW. Yeah, it'll be sponsored by um, something. That Lesnar match, I'm hoping, is the sponsored match. I was telling AJ Reverse Rat Pack, like, I need it sponsored by like, I don't know, big old tires, big old tires, Jim, like, Jimmy John's guys, Jimmy John's. Come on, man, the Jimmy John sandwich Pizza match, Hut, like a double XL Pizza Hut's double XL Pizza Challenge. Can Brock Lesnar pick up almost? Yeah, yeah. pick up an XL pizza today. Like, do some shit like that. Wow. If if it's a Jimmy John's match though, he's got to win. He's got to win by sub. Oh, oh. and he got to win freaky fast. That's a, a sub. Mission. That's why I'm here. A here sub. For here for the jokes. Mission. Here Thursday. Let's go. You hear this shit, people? A sub <laughs> mission. Got him. Knee slapper. Everyone. <laughs> everyone collectively listening to this just slapped their knee and we had can- a great time with it. A Jimmy John's sub mission match. Oh, I take ja- that joke requests. You're welcome. And I will let you know the good things I like about WWE before you transition to AEW. Two things I really like. We'll get the obvious out first. I think the judgment, or excuse me, the um, bloodline storyline is yes. carrying on perfectly. Beautiful. I haven't seen Roman. They're building towards Cody and, and Roman's face-off on Friday, which Roman really doesn't know about. Roman's showing up for Jay on Friday. Yeah. We don't know what the hell's happening with Jay. Cody's showing up for Roman. KO comes out, dressed like Sammy in a hoodie, molly whopping people. Sammy's still just randomly jumping people. There's so many things still open-ended going into Mania, and we think we know where it's going to end, but there's enough intrigue and options yeah. that it keeps everything fresh. They're not only carrying it, and here's the fun part. The fun part is Baron Corbin gets disrespected every goddamn interview. <laughs> Every time that he's talking, they're like, sorry, we got to go get this. And it's like Kevin in the back or some oh, shit like that. I was in tears real quick. I was in tears. He tweeted. Go to his Twitter if you want to see this. He tweeted like, yo, what's your favorite thing to put on tacos? Right? Just, he's a good, he's a grilling guy. Yeah. Cool. He loves tacos. He's going down. People are responding. Like the third comment down, the guy's like, well, I love pudding. Wait. And there's dot, dot, dot. Wait, sorry. Kevin Owens just showed up in the back. <laughs> And Corbin underneath, he was like, you got me. Got <laughs> so people are now ribbing him in all acts of life. It's good Just stuff. cutting him off. It's good stuff. I mean, you know, they had to get him away from Bradshaw. That was bad. And But now he's like the butt of the joke. And it's like, it's always worse for Corbin when he's a joke. Yeah. Oh, well. No, this gimmick works way better than the other one. Yeah. yeah. But no, I, I like everything. KO, Sammy. Yeah. Both going after the bloodline, but refusing helping each other. Something has to happen to make them then help each other. And somebody's having to send Jay back to the bloodline. Like, yep. there is there is a lot of moving parts. There in. was that spear. There's been, like, little stuff. 
They, they're, it's, it, this reminds me, not all the way, but one of the greatest bills of WrestleMania is WrestleMania 17, Rock and Stone Cold. And it was weird because it was that one angle where they had Deborah be the Rock's manager and they like ditched it real quick. Yeah. But that whole time, like Kurt Angle was in the middle of that shit. And it was such a good build because even though you knew these two were going to face off every week, you wanted to see what happened. And one would use the finish on the other. The other would use the finish. Rock put the beer by Stone Cold's head. Then we got the excellent Limp Biscuit My Way, which is still the <laughs> greatest package in pro wrestling history with music. Oh, my God. It's number one. Number two is Miz now. Miz is firmly in my spot. That, they hate me now. That, that is incredible. But, dog, My Way, The Rock, I watch it every year. I do my WrestleMania watches anyway. But that promo, I posted it years ago, and I revisit it every year because I'm like, yo, this is like the best promo. But it was like, literally, it was just six weeks of like, how are we going to get there and how do we make this entertaining and the bloodlines doing the same thing. So when that video package before that match hits, both of those matches, they better find a dope ass song. Oh, it's going to be crazy. They better. It's, it's, I can't, can't wait that they're building that so well. Cole, before we, I go to my second one, um, in terms of the bloodline, you, you were pretty good on your prediction at elimination chamber, right? People say you were spot on. I want to ask you something since Roman's coming to confront Jay on SmackDown. Do we get, for the third time, the Roman chair spot? But this time he hands Jimmy the chair for Jay? Hmm, I... You know, I hadn't thought of that. That actually... That, that could be interesting. I don't, three for three with the chair and that, turning his back. Three if Roman three does that, he's a fucking chair. idiot. Like, Roman is <laughs> yeah. an idiot if he does this one more time. Yeah, because it's like, come on, how often can you can you set yourself up for the same exact scenario? He's <laughs> third, like, third, third time's the charm, time. right? <laughs> um, well, it, it, I, I don't know if I got it exactly correct, but if people want to tell me it was <laughs> correct about Elimination Chamber, thank you very much. My booking is just fantastic. Anyways, um, but Jay... I mean, the, the thing that you can say about the bloodline and, and what's what what is ultimately uh, carrying, uh, like what, what this story is carrying for WWE is every time that one of the members of the bloodline or one of the members that is, you know, wrapped up in the bloodline, whether it's Sammy or KO, it's must watch television. Like you can miss the re- like you can miss the rest of the episode, but you have to see what's going on with the bloodline because every single time they do a segment, the story progresses and it and it the layers just keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, I thought the stuff they did on SmackDown last week was great. Um, it was nice to see Jimmy actually get a it, I feel like Jay's gotten a lot of the shine here. Roman obviously, Sammy, and for Jimmy to kind of have a moment uh there in the ring with with Sammy, I thought was was terrific. I thought like Jay showing up at the crowd shield style was great. I think. You know, what more intrigues me, I think, about the bloodline, and this is a question I'd like to pose to you guys, um, is if we're getting to Mania Night 2, you know, we're still figuring out how the KO Sammy stuff, is that going to work out? Are they going to go against Jay and Jimmy? We don't know yet. But with Jay still being in this gray area, is it, do you guys foresee a finish where Cody wins because of Jay interference. I never, I didn't think about that, but no. Um, I feel like if Cody's going to win, it has to be clean at Mania. Like, I feel like if he loses, he could win a rematch that way. But I feel like if you're going to end night two, I don't think they want to end it with any shenanigans. It's a good wrinkle, though. Um, 
Yeah, that, that's I, I, I can't see it. If Cody were to win, he has to beat Roman clean. It can, I can't, there can't be shenanigans at a WrestleMania finish. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I'm, I'm not sure you need that in the Roman J future feud. Like, I, I don't know if I need them to feud right away anyway. Them, everyone losing titles is going to be one hell of a story in itself. So you can kind of pull that like the next day where Roman says he's distracted by those two losing. He was so worried about Kevin and Sammy and, you know, the Usos didn't get the job done. So his head was on a swivel and he couldn't focus and starts blaming them. And you can see them both split and like really the end of the bloodline. And you'd be like, nah, they're bouncing. And then Solo has to kind of do his own thing. And you start really seeing that. He'll ask Solo, where were you at? Why didn't you help me? And it's just a splintering over the next couple of months um, for Roman. And then he goes on vacation, <laughs> collects his checks at home. He has a, a great family. Just go, go and be a family man for the summer. Come back around SummerSlam. And around then, if you want to do him and Jay, then you could build it up. But I agree with Dre. I think you need to go clean. You got to go clean. Clean as a sheet. Here, here's the real question. Because I've been thinking about this a lot. You know what could just bring so uh, Jay and Jimmy together? Their little brother, Solo. Like He's the X factor in all this. Because he's been the mercenary. He hasn't really said shit. When I interviewed Jay before all this started, when he was feuding with Roman, and then I think I talked to him later. Can't remember if it was an interview. No, it might have been. It was the, uh, the Crown Jewel event yeah. when we had the press conference. When I interviewed Roman, actually. And I asked Roman about Solo. It's like, you got your whole family here. And the one thing that Roman said that I don't know if they were planning a seed, he was like, little brother eventually wants to be the big brother. He doesn't want to be the little brother anymore. And he's always been separated from the family. And I was like, it's an interesting thing to say. I don't see him breaking out anytime soon. But at some point, Solo seems like the one who's going to get fed up with all this shit. Yeah. Because he's been the trooper. So if anybody's going to bring Jimmy and Jay together, it's their little brother. That's what I think is going to happen. I don't know what Solo's going to do at WrestleMania aside from that. Because if, he, if he's in anything, he's got to win. It'd be great if he won and they, everybody else lost. Yeah. <laughs> then you're looking like, what? And he pulls up and he's just like, you bitches lost. Yep. Right? Like, I'm the only one who can win. Like, wise man, how wise are you if y'all don't push me? There's a, there's a million things they could do. But that, I'm curious how they get all these pieces back together. But yeah, back to that, Cole. The, the Jay Roman thing is something I think you can have in your pocket. Not too long. I don't think you want to hold it too long. Summer's like the latest you should pull the trigger on that. But I don't think Jay will interfere here. Jay could interfere if Cody and Roman had a rematch. Are they doing backlash again? They're keeping backlash. So we have backlash in May. Then end of beginning of May backlash. End of May, king and queen of the ring. Okay. And then June, money in the bank. Yeah. So Jay could... It, that could happen at a rematch, depending on what happens at Mania. Yeah, I agree. The last thing on uh, WWE-wise, the last thing that I like, love the Maxim male models. Boy. They, <laughs> they got this gimmick <laughs> over. It is over. Otis. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Trying to get Otis in the crew. I, I love that they're having secondary storylines. They don't have, all have to be serious. Either. No, they don't have to even be mania. They're weekly entertainment. That's it. They're just funny and good 
Secondary storylines, Gable versus Cody was a good match. Well, he sold that crossroads like a... He sold like Pac sells DDTs. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> man. I was like, he's standing on his face. Yep. And no, amazing. Gable shows why he's so damn good. And then just mixing, again, people like, oh, you, you guys aren't complaining when Cody has a random match against Gable. But no. they tied Gable and all those... Yeah. And the Otis and everything into a storyline. No. So it's like, why don't you have a singles match? And then he goes out there and gets a single match and gets yeah. beaten by Gargano. And everything makes a little bit of sense in their tying in. But I love them as a crew. Comedic tag teams, some of my favorite things in wrestling. Yeah, if you do it right, it's it's fun. And the Maximum Male Models are just fun to watch. And Dexter Lumis coming out. You know, I don't know what, what they're doing with like him and Bronson Reed. I can't figure out what they're doing with any of them. But it's fine. It's, you know, they're, they're going to WrestleMania... You got to work out some of these other stories, but... Uh, That's it. Just stay on TV. Yeah, just as long as you're staying on TV. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Figuring it out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. We can now flip over to AEW. Oh, boy. Slash ROH. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's, it's mixing yeah. in. So we are now... Finally at AEW Revolution. And it felt like for so long, we're like, okay, they got time. They're building towards it. They got time. Now we're here. And it's just like, they do what they do extremely well. The top of the card in AEW is booked better than almost any company, excluding the bloodline currently. Yeah. But that's one story. Like repeatedly, AEW gets the top of the card right. We are back at the same point where it is the mid-card getting booked into these things are always weird, convoluted, and very hit or miss. You know what this feels like? All right. So you know when, like, you're a kid and your parents tell you to clean your room? And you're like, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And your room just keeps getting messier and messier. And then the day comes where your parents are like, if you don't fucking clean your room, you can't go out. And then you realize it's like such an insurmountable task that you just can't do it anymore. It feels like they put off building towards revolution until like this week. Yep. Like if you watch this dynamite between Moxley's promo, Danielson's promo, and everything, it, it's like then they announced the uh, House of Black versus the Elite. I was like, you do that the week of the event? Like they tried to cram this dynamite into to booking the rest of the show. And then making something meaningful happen with MJF and Danielson, which was, Danielson was fantastic, by the way. Both that and the Moxley promo were. They were incredible. But the thing is, is like you had all these weeks to build this shit. And you waited until this particular Wednesday. Like the elite in the House of Black should have been building for weeks. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not saying they have to do it like WWE does, like different variations of their match. You don't even have to do that. But at least talk about it. Make people care. They could have jumped them three weeks ago. Right. Like, give me give me a sense of, oh, this is coming. <clears throat> because it felt like as we got closer, it was like, is this going to happen or what? <laughs> right? The top flight thing with AR Fox, that was cool, but you're not giving me any reason to care. And now that we're at the match, I think what AEW does well is bell to bell. Whatever happens between them ropes, bell to bell, they are excellent at that shit. Oh, yeah. Like, if you watch the... Uh, the brass ring match with that powerhouse house one. I hate that match. It's it's the the sonic ring is stupid, but the match itself, like these guys were just killing each other, right? But powerhouse house just got back. What does this mean? He's gonna get a title match next week. He just got here. You have so much like Commander was ridiculous in that match. Yeah. And if anybody seen him in GCW, you knew what to expect. That walking shit he did to the Crazy. oh my god. But you crammed all this into the one show. And then I, I like Orange Cassidy and Danhausen in the tag match, but you could have set that up weeks ago and had them do interactions in other ways. Orange Cassidy is already a champion. He is, but I think there's an ele- like, it almost feels like Danhausen is absolutely going to eat the pin in that match, right? Yes. 
I don't think they're going to win. It makes they're no not. sense. They're not. So it's like, but if you would have put them in the tag match before and gave them some momentum, then it would have felt more believable. Like, oh, shit. Orange Cassidy and, and Danhausen have won a couple matches week after week. Yep. Now they're in this match. They got momentum. They could be a threat. Don't feel like, like, we got to the end of that battle royal. It was the butcher and the blade. And I was like, seriously? Like, what are we doing here? Wins and losses matter, Dre. No, you don't say threw that shit out the window. There ain't no fuck. rankings anymore. Like, once the injury started happening, they was like, fuck this. We got to <laughs> ditch this whole concept. It ain't going to work. But you have to make things, like you said, make sense. You've had Swerve and Keith Lee sitting here for months, and you're still not doing nothing. You got Keith Lee tied up with Dustin Rowe? Like, what are you doing? For a pay-per-view week that they're not even on. They're not, they're not working the show, and that is one grudge match from a tag team that was former tag team champions that just lost the titles at a pay-per-view, that you could easily go into that feud. All it takes is a couple weeks. But they waited till the last minute to do everything. And now Dustin I just... Justin Rhodes is his fucking mouthpiece. Yeah, I just don't care. Uh, and we'll talk about this RRA. So Eddie Kingston, brawling with Ortiz. Why? You turned on him three fucking weeks ago. Now we're revisiting this shit in the middle of this convoluted-ass battle world, the powerhouse Hobbs winner. I'm like, what is going on? What's going on with Ricky Starks? He gets nerfed by JS. I'm so exhausted from that feud. The only consistent thing is the Jericho Appreciation Squad every week, and nobody wants to see them anymore. You have so many other stories to tell. So many. And you're trying to cram it into one fucking show the week before. It's like Tony, again, Tony let the dishes get too, too many dirty dishes. He was like, I can't clean all these. I'm going to clean these three really well, and these are going to have food on them. And we're not going to want to eat off of those dishes. <laughs> but these really clean ones are going to be great. But come on, man. I, the food will be delicious on Sunday. That's real hood. <laughs> it is. But we've been there. Everybody's, everybody's you got to hand wash them fucking dishes. And yeah. you look into them dishes like, God damn, I shouldn't let it get this bad. And then you just kind of rinse them off. Be like, good luck whoever gets this dish. The, and the plated food will be delicious. But somebody's going to look at that food and was like, mm, that dish ain't clean. And that's how we got here with Revolution. It's, I think as we go through the card, I think these matches are going to be great. But if you ask me if I care how we got there, the answer is no. No. And this is the second pay-per-view we're saying that. Uh, Cole, what's your feelings leading into Revolution? And real quick, because I think I saw you talk about this on Twitter. Did it bother you that the refs held the ladder? Oh, I didn't talk about this because no. Oh, it, you? it oh, didn't Powerhouse Hog. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, God, no. Like, <laughs> hold, they, they hold the ladders all the time. Yeah. Twitter is a space for people who want to sound smart in the moment and they want to point out something super arbitrary to be like, well, no one's looking at this. You know, no one is pointing this facet out of my wrestling television. I'm going to look so smart. And most of the time, 99% of the time, you look like a dumbass. So stop, stop doing that. Everybody calm down. Enjoy the match. Have a good time. It's a great match too. That, that, that ladder match. And again, it was weird. Was certainly weird, and I think uh, to to get back to the point of of what you guys were talking about, I, I think I think Dre, you nailed it all on the head here, and and I wonder on a couple of different factors of what has gone into this, and and I think one of the things that we've all we've come back to a lot of times on this podcast, especially over the last couple of pay per views, is the kind of Ring of Honor thing hanging out in the background. What are they doing with Ring of Honor? And finally. Or we are recording this on on Thursday, and they finally just had their first television episode on Honor Club. So 
they finally figured that out. And what I wonder is going into this is like how how far did they kind of like figure that out, right? Like when when Eddie Kingston's going to go out there and 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 talk with you know he's I'm quitting AEW and he shows up in the Ring of Honor ring. Like how far? Like when did they know that they were going to have that show? Did they know how? Like how far into the cycle between pay per views did they know that they were going to have all this set up? A lot of the match buildup screams a ton of audibles to me in and and i think in the previous pay-per-view and uh you know between double or nothing and full gear it was injuries was what was causing all the audibles this time i feel like in a lot of the mid card like there were rumors about for this tag team ftr was going to show up how like was that something that was figured out It, it certainly seems like they booked it to be like no, FTR is going to show up. And then like those cards just never fell into place. And next thing you know, you have to audible and here's Orange Cassidy and Danhausen, which we'll, we'll talk about that match. Cause that, that matches, that's got a whole lot of things going on. I'm super, I'm, my mind's exploding at that. Oh, that's the most interesting match ever for all of the wrong reasons. But <laughs> um, yeah, so, and, and like the house of black again, like where was house of black? Like, going to be ready to do this matchup. It, it almost seems like like late in the game, they were like, yeah, okay, it's a go, it's a go, it's a go. And then we kind of have to just kind of put a makeshift feud. To the trios titles especially, that's now kind of happened twice, where I think the first time we kind of saw it coming, but we had like that, we had the the elite coming back and we had those promos and, and it was all mysterious, but everybody kind of knew it was the elite. And then it was days before the pay-per-view and instead of being like, um, you know, against a mystery tag team, they were like, "No, it's the elite," um, which <laughs> yeah. like was kind of weird. If, yeah. Like, kind of uh, in hindsight, I guess we like we knew it, but you know, it's one of those things where we're willing to kind of suspend disbelief. People like to kind of hang on to the, "Will it be the? Will it be them? Is it? Yeah. Is it really going to be them? Even if they know." Um. So yeah, I think, and we'll go down each each match and and kind of where each feud stands. I think, you know, on this card. Just kind of looking at it, you know, there are there are two matches on here that are I, I I think their their stories have been ranging from good to great, and I'm really invested in those stories and wanting to see where they go. And everything else is, you know, the build hasn't been there, but as we've said before, the the ring to ring action is good, and there is scenarios where you can kind of clean some slate by having certain types of matches on the pay-per-view and going into the next cycle. So I'm interested to see how some of those are going to carry forward. Uh, Cole, you brought up something, and I, I need to mention this now before I forget. Setting Andy, Eddie Kingston in the Ring of Honor is the worst fucking idea in the fucking world. To say I quit AEW as, when you were white, I mean, they can always bring him back. Yeah. But this has been, this has been a butt fumble, Right. Ain't no tuck rule. Like, this is a butt fumble of, of booking because, as I've talked about in the show before, I don't like Tony Khan's inability to commit to something. Like, he, he rotates. Like, where's Darby Allen? Where's Sting? They're gone. And I know you got a lot of talent, but it gives me the feeling, as we get closer to these pay-per-views, that Tony is not the boss in a way that says... Somebody calls and says, hey, Tony, I haven't been on for a few weeks. And Tony's like, you're not going to be on for a few weeks more because I don't have anything for you and I got to get through this story. 
Instead, Tony's like, well, let me figure out how to get you on the show. And then we get a random match, and then we're like, why is this match happening? And I feel like that's why. Eddie Kingston thing, there's no, there was no reason to pull him out off of television. And now you run into this random-ass feud with Ortiz. Now he's, I guess he's challenging Claudio at Ring of Honor. Yep. And I guess there's a belt for him to win. But I don't but it, care. It feel that's not the same. It's Eddie Kingston was one of your, like, there was nowhere you could go. Think about this. Where were we, like, almost a year ago, the most iconic image to come out of Double or Nothing was the bloody Eddie Kingston coming down the ramp. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were there. That we, was crazy. We watched that shit happen. And at that moment, we all said, that dude's a fucking star. Some people said he might win a Grand Prix. Like, that title is, like, right around the corner. Not only is he out of the title picture, he's out of the fucking company on some quit shit. I don't, I don't understand the start and stop with so much talent. I, I brought up Sting and Darby Allen because they're doing nothing for this pay-per-view. If you want to build momentum on somebody, they need to be visible. Yeah. I, as much, I feel like it got to the point where we talk about bloated rosters. Like, WWE would do something where they would have a bloated roster, and they would ignore half of them. They would just be like, fuck it. None of you guys are getting on TV. AEW, Tony's too nice. He's not going to ignore this bloated roster. He's going to say, you need time. Like, he was, he was booking Dynamite and was like, I have Rio. I forgot all about it. <laughs> yeah. Rio versus Tony Storm. And it's like, great. But why? Nobody knows. Nobody cares. Only it, for Soraya to interfere anyway and take up after but you gotta build momentum for for the next pay-per-view you only do them quarterly now outside like forbidden door and whatever ROH things you have going on but you have to build the next because like orange cassidy is your was all atlantic yeah all atlantic champion there's nobody in the pipeline for him right now shouldn't you be working on maybe a darby allen or a lee moriarty or somebody that can build momentum to that even if it's on tv you have Samoa Joe and Wardlow, but shouldn't you build somebody to be the next to them? Because even in WWE, Cody was always waiting in the wings. Yeah. Like, Gunther's got the title. They're in a weird spot, but it feels like they're going with Drew McIntyre. But some of these guys, they have nothing. The, the Lucha Bros lose. Death Triangle loses. Where's Pac been? He just disappears from television. There is no consistency and no ability to commit. And you have these big pay-per-views, and they don't feel big because I'm not invested in what you're building towards. And some people used to be like, you're AEW Homer. And I was like, no, bro, I like good wrestling. Like right now, I look like WWE's doing the right thing. And AEW is shaky. And again, we're going to have Tony on this show. Can't wait to talk to him because he's going to get really defensive when I ask some questions. Like there were excuses that you had built in before. But now it's just like strange booking. Yeah. Honeymoon phase is kind of over. It's been over. It, you, know, you know what it feels like just to quickly... Like, I'm trying to think of like a good analogy for this because I really do feel like what's happening here is it's now, you know, there were already these issues with, um, you know, to, to, to varying degrees, um, these issues with one promotion. And now it's two because now Ring of Honor is going to be this, you know, weekly thing that needs to be, needs to have characters, it needs to have story, it needs to have production, right? It almost feels like if like if you're like you're you're a big big video game nerd and you've had one console this whole time and you have a PlayStation and next thing you know you've suddenly have been gifted an Xbox randomly and now it's like well now I don't know what to do with either of these do I buy this game for this console do I play on this is it better here is it better there is it 
you know, is the internet work better on this? Is the hardware better on this? And like, it was already confusing enough to do that with a roster and one promotion. And now I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that the two of them together is going to be too much for Tony. And I know Tony is, has, especially since Brawlout has, you know, definitely made efforts to, to hire people a little bit higher up to try to make those decisions a little bit, you know, less just all on him and trying to help him out. But that process, I feel like is going to have to be accelerated even more. And, once you start getting there, then comes the questions of we're already dealing with this in WWE. Is Triple H booking it or is Vince back? Like all you get into all that shit and it, it starts getting it can be really confusing. Um, and you know, for us who love wrestling, like that that's not the audience they need to worry about. Cause again, we're gonna show up one way or another because we like the bell-to-bell action. We love the pro wrestling aspect of pro wrestling. But if you're trying to grow the brand, and you're not able to tell these compelling stories, and you're not able to give these people a reason to stick around for these characters, you're going to have an issue. And well, you want to talk about people on the sideline? Where the freaking hell is Jade Cargill? What have you been doing with her? She's not on a pay-per-view? That's nuts. She's been front and center on all of your posters for your women's division, and she can't get on the card because you don't want to take the training wheels off? I don't buy it. Yeah, and here the last thing we can go through this card is is two things. One, by continuing to do this, I feel like they're in danger of losing Kenny Omega. I'm serious about this. I feel like there is Kenny Omega at some point because if it like not not because he's got to be a champion or anything like that, but I don't know if anybody saw the interview where he talked about it's the company's different. Yeah. And he talked about the brawl out situation. When he, if you read between the lines, there he's like, "This isn't what I wanted it to be, and I just like to wrestle." And there's a part of me that says, "If you don't fix it, you're gonna lose him." Whether he goes, he could go back to Japan, right? Think about this: Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay had the match of the year yep. at Wrestle Kingdom. There's been zero momentum on Kenny Omega as a singles wrestler in AEW. Not that Kenny Omega is asking for it, but what are you doing? And people are thinking like forbidden door. They're going to run it back. But how long can you wait for this? <laughs> but yeah, f- why? Like, are you going to capitalize on that story? Or are you going to use it to sell Dude, the pay-per-view? It's no secret. Like MJF is your biggest rising star. But the star of AEW is Kenny fucking Omega. Was. Not, no, he still is. Because if you put him back in that role, he's still the best wrestler on the planet. Right? Injuries aside. But... Young Bucks are the Young Bucks. They'll, they'll be fine, yeah. right? They, I don't think they're going anywhere. They enjoy what they're doing. It seems like they're having fun. MJF is on the rise. Cody's gone, but he was a WWE guy. Kenny Omega's really your pillar. I'm not like Danielson and, and every, they've been great. Moxley's been great. But Kenny Omega is that one guy that everybody looked at when, they, when you saw AEW do their thing. Because Cody was like, cool. He was like the business. And he was like, oh, he can bring the WWE people. Young Bucks with a tag team. But your singles guy was Kenny fucking Omega. And if there's one thing Kenny Omega does, it would seem like better than anybody in the world, it was wrestle. And it feels like it's getting away from wrestling, and I don't think he's interested in the politics that are happening backstage. But that, I understand maybe he didn't foresee the company going that way, but then that's his bad. Because he didn't come into this company as a wrestler. He came in... As an executive vice president. No, no, no. He came in cosplaying as an executive vice president. He's always a wrestler. 
Sure. But but, but that's, he didn't that's, come in as just a wrestler, should I say. Yeah. Like you you came in at a different level as yeah. a decision maker, as someone that has to deal with the bullshit, the politics, the everything else. The women's division is not being booked by him anymore. I know that's something he really but you liked see what doing. I'm, and, but that's and another piece. wrestlers are not featured as much as they were when he was around. You just mentioned Rio. Like, she hasn't been on TV forever, like Cole said. So it, it's just one of those things where it's not the same as it was when he had more control and he was an EVP and it was all sunshines and rainbows. And we're starting this company. That's one thing Cody was. We're Cody in every interview says, I love that I started that company. Yeah. He does not say, I love what that company is now. No. Because they all thought, we are going to start a company that is how we want it to be ran, that is like ROH but bigger, and we have control, and we're going to make it feel like a super indies, and everyone's going to be gung-ho like we did when we were just driving around towns, and no one in ROH was unhappy when we were climbing the ranks or PWG is all smiles. And they thought it was going to be that just with money and a TV deal. And it's like, no, that comes with so much more. That isn't what you can have at that level. It's not feasible. And now you have a guy whose money is invested. Everything is invested. It's his company. Like you said, it's not your company at the end of the day. And they're just like, well, I thought it was our company. We had a backer. Now it's we're working for this guy. Yeah, and and that's that's to my point is that you you look at like what was that the Oriental uh, wrestling company that that went up in smoke. These yeah. are all, everything that Kenny has brought to the table has either failed or disappeared, and now he's a trios champion, which is fine. But it, it just feels like he's he's not unhappy, but he knows what's on the other side. Japan will pay him a lot of money to come back. The I like they're dying for somebody to come back that is. Gaijin. They're yeah. dying for it right now. And if if Kenny Omega, if he's not happy at AEW, he'll go elsewhere because all he cares, he don't care about promos. He don't care about none of that shit. The Joshi thing, he likes Japanese wrestling. Why yep. wouldn't he go back to Japan? Some people say WWE. Possible. I don't think so. But I, I, I would expect him to go to New Japan. But this is all the infrastructure of AEW. Again, the wrestling is great, but you got to keep people happy. And it feels like it, the start and stop with a lot of talent there's going to be moments where talents, I don't know if Eddie Kingston's happy. Maybe he is. Maybe he was satiated by doing like matches with his favorites and going elsewhere. But you either got to cut bait on some of these wrestlers, like Matt Hardy. No, they're still signing more, signing more. Yeah, signing. you have to either have to cut bait and make room or you're going to lose people. Yeah, because AW Dark is not it. No, because who the fuck is watching Dark Elevation. It? Like, you can't just be like, hey, you're wrestling on YouTube. And even, even Ring of Honor. Like, let's... let's Let's keep it a buck. We love Ring of Honor pay-per-views. Yep. We did not watch Ring of Honor weekly television. Not and at I'm, all. And I'm not about to start now. <laughs> so that weekly television, while cool, it's not Dynamite. It's not Rampage. It's not on TV. And I don't know who's paying 10 bucks to watch Honor Club. So it all is going to boil down to the pay-per-views. If you're only doing a few of them a year, that means there's a whole bunch of wrestlers that you're paying, and I don't see how you're going to recoup without a real TV deal. There's a lot of things going on there. They're not all unfixable. AEW, like, Revolution's going to be great. We're about to talk about it. But they got to fix this shit because they're going to start losing people that they thought were going to be the pillars of this company. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think just to, just to tag on to, to what you guys are saying, and, and Kel especially, you know, it, it, like, bringing up, like, you know, Kenny wanting to be a wrestler and, like, he was 
going in as you know a business guy too. And it's like if he did that, like that's he he should like that's what he had to know that he was signing up for. I think the the analogy to go with here is that everyone AEW is straight up a startup. Straight up is a startup company. It is it is people who band together with an idea and a common goal. But what happens when the shit starts working? Because ultimately, it's a success story. I mean, they're they're still going. You know, like after all, like most startups, like they either six months dead, right? We're we're still talking about this years later, right? So. Yeah. We've all seen the social network. Like once the sh- once all the stuff starts getting complicated, all of a sudden you start seeing you start seeing the power shift, right? And all of a sudden it's okay. Yes, it's it's this amalgamation of Cody Rhodes, Tony Khan, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks. But as time has gone on, the power has shifted, and we see to- like you know I feel like from the beginning, you know, who really knew how much like Tony was going to become the face of AEW because what we all associated it with was Cody and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. And then Tony has now, now it's Tony's company, Tony books, Tony promotes it. He does everything. So, you know, if, and Kenny's gotten to whether, whether whatever happened with Cody leaving AEW, who knows, you know, he's been very cordial since, but Cody left to not, do the business stuff anymore. Cody wanted to be what he always wanted to be, which was a WWE professional wrestler. It's what he wanted to do. That was his dream. His dream was to become world champion as a wrestling professional, not own a business. So I I agree. Like the, 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 the timeline for, for Kenny Omega's contract and for a lot of those contracts of 2024, it's going to be really interesting when we get to that year and we see, you know, who is sticking around and who is thinking about, you know, going like, you know what? I did the thing. I'm really proud of it. I'm really glad we built this thing from the ground up, but I've kind of lost the, the, the love for it because I've been having all these other responsibilities on me. So maybe there's, maybe I need to kind of go back to what, you know, like what I really love about professional wrestling in the first place. It's the same thing in the business world. This shit happens all the time and they'll jump from startup to startup. So I think that is really the way to kind of look at AEW rather than we always get wrapped up in it's competitive, it's Coke, it's Pepsi, it's WWE versus AEW. AEW is straight up the startup company that's managed to be a competitive uh, a competitive force in the market, which has been great for both. So 2024 is going to be an interesting year. Yeah, plenty of change. No one is locked into anywhere for life. I think we we know this being around sports, being around business, being around anything. No one's locked in anywhere permanently. So that change, no matter how great it was before, no matter what happens after, there's always somewhere else offering or looking. When you become a free agent, everyone listens. Yeah. So it's one of those things where I can't wait to see where that leads. Let's run down the card then before we get out of here. Eight matches. You mentioned Keith Lee. Versus Swerve is not one of them. Makes no damn sense to me. And they usually have a pre-show, so. Who knows? Yeah, you got the buy-in. Yeah, dude, better not throw that shit on a buy-in. I would be upset. But let's start out. Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry. They didn't even build to that yet. Maybe that's on Rampage. No, they did. They they did it with like promo. No, that was like a week ago, right? They did it on Dynamite this week, too. Oh, I didn't see the promo. This week. Yeah, but this 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 fuse lost a lot of momentum. Uh, Cage's injury. Luchasaurus just vanished. Um, He's just like, fuck it, I lost. I'm just going to disappear and eat trees or some shit. Uh, 
Jungle Boy's got to win this feud. Is he a herbivore? I don't know. <laughs> As a heel, he's a carnivore, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, but Jungle Boy's got to win this. It's, it's the one thing, again, like I hope Jungle Boy doesn't win and disappears. Jungle Boy needs to win and build his momentum to a title of some sort, whether he's challenging for the TNT title or if he's challenging Orange Cassidy. But he's got to start building momentum towards something. You can't 50-50 book some of these guys. Some of them guys, you got to get some momentum. Jungle Boy is going to win and put it into this feud with Christian Cage. I don't know what you do with Christian Cage after this. I think he's still really good, but I don't know. But Jungle Boy has to win. I don't know if he needs it to be on TV all the time. No, he doesn't. He's a guy where it's just like, got to keep him healthy. Yeah. So it's like, take some more time to get healthy. That's okay. Help us out on the back end of things. But yeah, I think Jungle Boy wins this. It only makes sense. No holds barred match make it really fun. Um, Great storytelling. Christian Cage always does that. And it's putting over one of those young pillars of the company. Yeah. Keep those guys happy. It's like building an NFL team. You can't re-sign everyone. If you have a million top five draft picks, you're going to have to pay them eventually. You're going to have to let some walk. Yep. Some some ones who are great and talented, you got to prioritize these things. But you know you pay? You pay fucking Lamar Jackson. It's very true. And uh, that's their MJF for the Ravens. Um, They're they're both getting the bag, even though a little malcontent at times. But no, here with Jungle Boy, you invest in it. You keep him happy. Some people, you can't. Like some people, you know what? If Kenny Omega walks, he's 40. You got to put this kid on television. Yeah. Because he's 20-something. So, yeah, give me Jungle Boy Jack Perry to win. Cole, I'm assuming you're going the right... The same direction. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, I think Jack Perry has got to win this. I think I, I do agree. I think it is really too bad that Christian's injury kind of halted the momentum for this feud because I think it was it, it just was. I mean, I know you, you, maybe you're, you're sick of Christian Cage, but I don't know. Christian Cage does a really good job of just being a straight up asshole. Like he's <laughs> just really good at it where he's like your dad's dead and your mom call me like that's messed up that that like yeah. that shit was great like and 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 it really did putting putting myself kind of back in that moment in time really did have great momentum for Jack Perry and it was building him from going from jungle boy to Jack Perry so you know I'm again again this this particular match we talked about audibles this almost feels like an audible where maybe like Christian Cage is like yeah, I'm I'm healthy enough to do this now, and let's just do this now. Um, it, it, so it kind of feels a little bit rushed. I thought their little package that they did on Dynamite was good. I think we all would have loved to see a little bit more build up for it, but uh, yeah, agree. I think Jack Perry, he's got he's got to win this and 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 take this momentum and and hopefully get into some kind of title picture here. Yeah, I, I think that's the easiest match to predict of the night. Then we have Jamie Hader. Versus Soraya versus Ruby Soho. Boy, Soraya's like the... I don't even know. She ain't winning. No, she's not. No, Jamie Hayter's winning. She's, she's retaining. retaining. Like, Jamie Hayter's again, she's the one that came out of this everything. It's glowing. She's incredible. She's on fire. Eventually, after the angle towards the Britt Baker split. Uh, but it's not going to happen here. But Jamie Hayter's going to win this. The, I think it was fun. The Ruby Soho thing is actually good if they played it a different way. Like, Soraya being this match, Soraya's like a bad experiment. <laughs> it's, it's not working. Her promo's just falling flat. Yeah, it's just, it's just not working. So, 
I think this match will be fine. Soraya, I mean, not Soraya, Ruby and Jamie will have some nice little spots. But Jamie Hayter's got to come back with his title. I agree. I think Ruby's going to really shine, though. Those two wrestling are going to be great. I just don't know what Soraya is in ring yeah. currently after being away for so long. Um, the style of women's wrestling here in the U.S. has changed yeah. since she was on top. So it'll be interesting. interesting to see if she can keep up with those two. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, the promos have been cringy. She said Britt Baker's name rhymes with shit and was like so proud of it. And the crowd was just like, that's not clever. <laughs> so, yeah, she, she's definitely just falling apart. And really, they would have just inserted Tony Storm would have been better. into this instead of her. Yep. Could have been match of the night quality. Yep. Oh, well. Cole? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I was, I was talking about before as far as this pay-per-view goes. I think this is one of those matches to kind of clean the slate a little bit um, for, I think this, the story that's been here has, I mean, we, we started out with Jamie Hayter and Britt were the bad guys. Soraya and Tony were, and, and, and Cheetah when she was still part of this and then threw a kendo stick in the ring and then never showed up again. <laughs> um, they were, they were the faces and they've like both, they did the double turn with both of them. So now, you know, suddenly Britt and Jamie are, like, they turned them face because people were cheering them, regardless. They weren't, like, they were supposed to be the heels, and Tony and Soraya were supposed to be the face, and they were not getting cheers. It was all Jamie and, and Britt because Jamie is absolutely red fucking hot. So, like, uh, this, is, this is one where I think, I'm hoping that they just have a good in-ring match. I think they should put this match on first so that... The one thing I don't want to see for this match is if it's somewhere in the middle of the card, you've got a tired crowd from a couple of other matches yep. and the crowd's just completely freaking dead. Yep. I think just start out the pay-per-view with this match. You have a crowd that's hyped up for the beginning of the pay-per-view. You start off with a world title match. Keep the crowd into it. Get, just give give this division a little bit of... Like, it, it, needs, it needs like a little assistance here. I think that's a really good way to help kind of push this match a little bit over what it could be if they put it on first. So, but yeah, I think, I mean, J- Jamie Hayter is, it, she's going to do champ shit and win. So, Jamie Hayter. Next up, the Elite Trios match, House of Black. Bill decide, late notice everything. This could be match of the night. Oh, it's, it should be. Should be match of the night. They can all go. No, no, they can all definitely go. Um, but H- House of Black got to win. Uh, it's it's it don't feel like that because the build hasn't been there for the elite to drop the titles. So I'm gonna say the elite win because they just got them and they haven't really done much with them. But I don't know. I, I'm just looking forward to a good match. That's all I got. It should have been the House of Black all along. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, again, this is the 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 bell to bell action. Like we know this match is gonna fucking slap. Like there's just too many good performers all. All together, and I, and and I feel like we really haven't seen like when we when we had the trios titles. If I feel like this was the match that is the one that we really didn't get. Like we obviously saw a lot of we saw seven of Death Triangle and the Elite, uh, <laughs> which I mean, it was all great because again, those those six performers have incredible chemistry with each other. But you know, we're, we've got we've got a lot of really good performers in this match that can really go. So. 
I don't know, unless they want to play into an angle, like they want to play into 2024 shit, kind of like, you know, MJF has has done before. They could potentially drop the titles and, you know, maybe they turn the whole contract thing into a storyline. I don't know. Um, but I would lean, yeah, my, my gut's telling me the Elite is going to win this just based on the fact that they won seven a seven-game series to get the titles. It would be kind of weird if they dropped it to the first team that they they fought in in challenging them on, on a pay-per-view uh, standpoint. I shouldn't shouldn't say it's the first time because they obviously had everything with Top Flight and AR Fox, but we'll talk about Top Flight a little bit later on when yeah. it comes to another match. <laughs> so looking at that, yeah, I guess they, dropping it so quick is weird, but I feel like the last time you had Malachi Black and company in this situation, they lost and then weren't heard from again for a quick second. Malachi Black, there was rumors that he wanted out. He took a break from AEW and then like to bring him back and everyone back in this position, it would feel weird to make them lose again on a pay-per-view. Yeah. It's like one of those things where if you signed him back, it was for this. Then Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks in a match Ricky Starks needs. I, I don't care about this match at all. I feel like this will be in the middle of the card when the crowd is tired and nobody gives a shit. Unless Jericho's a like, card again. unless Jericho says this needs to kick off the card because I know what's about to happen if you put it in the middle of the card. Ricky Starks needs to win. Jericho does not need to win this match. That's it. Ricky Starks is going to lose. Jericho's going to win. It's awful. Because that bad booking. Who's the young kid who rolled up Jericho? Action Andretti. Action Andretti is not barred from ringside. Just the Jericho Appreciation Society is, and I think that's a swerve, and he's going to join Jericho and help him win. Whatever. Shenanigans. There are eight cards in this match, and one match is guaranteed an hour. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. Cole? Well, we, we we have talked about the 12 match, the 13 match cards. So, you know, this is... I mean, this would have been we'll one see. if one, one match wasn't an hour long. <laughs> I suppose you're right. Um, yeah, again, this whole booking for this has been a mess. Ricky Starts needs this match because he already beat Chris Jericho, so he needs to beat him. The logic doesn't make any sense here, um, Andreas. I think you you underestimate the you underestimate the Judas Pop because we have to hear it every single week because <laughs> he's on television every single week. I feel like we are in the minority here, where it's like we all get that the Jericho thing is like. It's not doing anyone any favors. It's not helping anyone. It's not helping the Jericho Appreciation Society. Like, oh my God, he's on television every week. What are we doing? Stop. But every time he comes out, everyone sings along to Judas. Crowd goes nuts. So, like, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't stop the the the, the Judas pop. So um, and yeah, I've also got a really bad feeling that Chris Jericho is going to win this match and Ricky Starks is going to be stuck in this feud. So yeah. that's what I'm going with. Ricky already won once. Really <laughs> bad gut feeling. It's really bad gut feeling twice. about this one. Um, Samoa Joe versus Wardlow. It feels like Wardlow's supposed to win. Yeah, right? he has to win this, right? I hope he doesn't. <laughs> I know you don't. You don't want to see him win. I, I feel like there's so much more and I, and I know everybody's going to disagree with this and Probably the booking is going to disagree. I feel like this is much more fun to have with Powerhouse Hobbs and Samoa Joe than Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs. Because that's the, that's, it feels like that's the direction they're going to eventually go. But I want Samoa Joe to win. Because it, it, he's been the one consistent thing in terms of promos, being on the mic, when he did commentary. He was great in all facets of it. 
I feel like Wardlow's not outgrown this situation, but he's cooled off. And I don't need to see him with the TNT title again. I want Samoa Joe to win. I'm just going off what I want. So I want that. That's what I'm going to pick. That got to make sense. I think Wardlow will win because ROH is picking up. So yeah. Joe, I know. Joe, go home. Yeah. <laughs> like, go to ROH, do your thing. But I don't know. That's make a compelling argument for Joe. Joe can come show up the next night, choke out Powerhouse Hobbs, cost him that title match with the stupid Sonic ring, and there goes their feud right into it. I just need this match to be good. That's it. That's all I care about. Yeah. It, I mean, Ward, those pretty damn good. Yeah, but I mean, Joe and Darby was really fucking good. It was. So they got to figure this out. Uh, Cole? Yeah, I do. I do hope that this match ends up being one of those that I feel like on paper we look at it, and because Wardlow's cooled off, we might not think of it as like a oh, this is like a match that could be like one of the best of the night. But it totally, absolutely could be because we know Joe can go, and Wardlow is a crazy fucking athlete. So you know, build aside for for Wardlow, you know, however anyone's feeling about his his story, cooled off or not, I think. Both of them have a chance to really kind of showcase and and be really good in the ring. Who wins this? This is tough. And the and the the face of the revolution not being a revolution is kind of weird. Also, powerhouse Hobbs in his hometown not being on the pay per view also weird. Very. Why couldn't the Sonic Ring give him the Chaos Emerald to get him into the pay per view and make it a triple threat? Big meaty men slapping meat. I wouldn't have hated that. I think they I won. That I, they, I, did. they did. They yeah. did. That's I wouldn't true. mind. Yeah, they yeah, could do it again. Not. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I mean, mind it again. <laughs> and 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 that crowd would have been hot for it because Hobbs. I mean, that they were they were going crazy for Hobbs the second the ladder match started. So, um, I too, I too want to see Samoa Joe win because I do want to see Joe and Hobbs one on one the next week. That interests me more than Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs, unless Wardlow's going to win and quickly drop it to Hobbs. So that's quick hot potato yeah. of the belt. Hot potato. Um, next belts to talk about tag team belts. Oh, Again, the division AEW <laughs> had the best of in the world when they started. This is the pay-per-view tag team match. The guns, aka the ass boys, who are the champions, the acclaimed scissor me daddy ass, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen. Four tag teams vying for these belts. They were all mid like a couple of years ago. Like mid. M- years ago. Well, I'm saying. I'm just, months ago. Well, I'm saying. The, I'm including the claim. They're really good. They're, but they got really good. Yes, yes. You Six have, months ago, none of these people were thought about in the tag team division. You have had Lucha Bros, Top Flight, LAX. Like you run down the list. Like we were like, oh my God, this tag team is stacked. And this is what you're giving me at the pay-per-view? Still got the best friends, 2.0. There's other teams. If you need four teams in your company, there's other teams you can still put in here. Lucha Bros are not in. Like, like there's so many teams that could have been in here to make this a banger. So Nothing. I, I give a fuck about this match. Um, I'm going to pick the gun club to win because I feel like if it ain't now, FTR is coming back and they have to face them to get the belts because that's where they left off. Unless Sony just completely forgets it like Sheeta's kendo stick, and they just move the fuck on. I feel like the Ass Boys, they just won the titles. They got to win. The other two teams will stand a fucking chance. It's either the acclaimed or the Ass Boys, and I feel like you might as well just go with them since you started with them. And maybe finally miss, you know, daddy-ass turn. I don't know, but the Ass Boys should retain their titles. 
Cole, I'm, I'm picking the ass boys too, if it, if it matters, but it doesn't matter. Cole, who do you got? Oh God. Oh God, guys. Oh God. I, yeah, this match, huh? Um, boy, isn't it interesting that they give Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal so much television time? For what? Isn't it weird? Bit odd. That, that's the question I've been asking. Um, that's the question I think we've all been asking. Guys, we, we come back to the entire array of what is the human being named Jeff Jarrett? Out of context, Jeff Jarrett's career is just fucking hilarious. But we know where this goes. Global force we wrestling. Know, you know, like, out of context, man, and this is why I I can't, I was talking about Jeff Jarrett with, with someone recently, and it's just like, I don't, I don't know what to feel at all about it because I know, like, this, he should, why is he on TV so much? But then he'll, like, out of context, like, you'll remember something and be like, I thought, like, boy, that was kind of funny out of context from whatever thing he was doing there. Slap Nuts is funny out of context, but in the middle of it, WCW was completely horrible. Like, let alone TNA and Impact. Like, what is he, what is he doing? Why is he here? That Ric Flair last match momentum is fucking crazy. I mean, think about it. Those guys, him, him and Lethal were in that match, and here they are in a, in a tag team title match. Who knew it would take them this far? And Andrade, um, Andrade and Rick are at home. How about that? Yeah, well, the losers didn't lose. 2.0. Dark Order. Like, you could have stuck anybody. And we ended up with Orange Cassidy and Dan House. I love, I love both of them. Do not get me wrong. Why is Dan Housen in a team fighting for the tag team championships? Team now established out of the blue like three weeks ago. I don't care. I am so confused. Um, I again, and I feel like audible, like I feel like they must have been like FTR's coming, FTR's coming, FTR's coming, day of the show. FTR ain't here. Shit, what do we do? That's what it feels like. Don't know if that's the way it occurred, but that's what it feels like. Um, I am really scared that Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett are going to win these belts. Mm, I'm really terrified. I'm really scared. That's going to be my pick. I don't want it. Please do not blame me if it happens. And also, yeah, this is a great spot for where Sting jumping off shit. Yeah. Every card. Exactly. Sting and Darby could have been. Yeah, they're at least an established tag team for a couple of years. Absolutely. And And Sting will just have one one spot. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, anyway. That would have made this match way better. Of course. Uh, main event MJF, Brian Danielson, 60 minute Come Iron on. Man match. You did, you did, you did forget one. Do we, do we go over Mox and Hangman? No, you did. Oh, you I did not. Sorry. I skipped Texas that. Death um, John Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page. I mean, yeah. Moxley's promo was incredible. Great. But he has to lose. This feud doesn't make sense. I mean, no. it does, not even that it doesn't make sense. It's just kind of gone on and I don't care anymore. I think the match is going to. Be bloody and brutal, and Moxley's gonna bleed because motherfucker bleeds in his sleep. Moxley bleeds. Yeah, he, yeah. he pisses blood. So this this match is gonna be bloody. I I don't want Hangman to win, but he uh, he has to. Yeah, I think he has. To. Hangman has to win. Um, it feels like the uh, it feels like the whole crew is turning heel, right? It, but. And that, they would have to do some. Box would have to do some heel shit to win to like really start drawing heat on himself. 
So I feel like Hangman wins, but I just don't know what does the winner get after this. I, Do you go Hangman MJF? Maybe. It's possible. I, I feel like Hangman, again, talking about those pillars, is the guy who needs it. Moxley is in that. He's good. He's younger than McFoley was. But he's in that position where Foley was taking on Rock. Foley was taking on Edge. Foley was taking on all these people. If you needed Randy Orton, Legend Kill, like if you needed that, oh, I'm not just a pretty boy, I get down in dirty rub. Yeah. That was Foley. That is now Moxley to these guys. Yeah. It's like death match, me, you. And Hangman's like, yeah, I lost my belt, but I'm tougher now. Yeah, it's like, sure. Cool, I'm a bleed, and I'm going to beat the guy who bleeds, and it's going to make me this tough first star so when I can go and really say I can compete with the champion because Moxie's not going after the belt again anytime soon. This man is overdue for a vacation. Let him sleep. And, yeah, it's just one of those things where you look at it and you say MJF needs contenders. They haven't built anybody. No one's built this is an easy way to build this person until the next person comes up. Because yeah. you should have been building Keith Lee as a baby face. But what do I know? Cole? Yeah, uh, you want to talk about uh, the the underrated aspect of this, of course. Like, obviously, yes, John John shows up to the ring and suddenly he's bleeding. Um, don't forget, Hangman and pretty much all of his title defenses was also bleeding. So, <laughs> yeah, this match is going to... This is not going to be for the faint of heart. I think like like bell to bell, this is, I mean, these two on paper, story or not, like you're just like, okay, yeah, these guys are going to beat the shit out of each other and go at it. It uh, was here, in, they were here in LA. They had their second match. It was awesome. Uh, it was it was great in ring. So there's no question that once the bell rings for these two, like people are going to be really hyped for this match. It does feel like a glorified number one contenders match. Um in which I wouldn't have said that if Eddie Kingston didn't <laughs> in story quit AEW because feel like a great foil to MJF. What a bit Eddie Kingston really feel like there is a, re- there's a lot of story that you could have, that you could have chewed into there and just let Eddie Kingston get on a mic and just fucking go. And we should be talking about double or nothing. Eddie Kingston versus MJF. It's what we should be talking about in a few months. We won't be, which is unfortunate. Um, but if that's the case, that this becomes a number one contenders match, it makes sense for me that Hangman wins, spoiling a little bit of who I think is going to win in that next matchup, but goes on to a feud with MJF and John. And like we, you guys were kind of touching on before, Blackpool Combat Club seems to be going heel. John and crew maybe turn their attention back towards Danielson with the whole Regal situation. So that's where I see this going. Main event. Last but not least, right. I teed it up already. MJF, Brian Danielson, 60 minutes. I ain't got a lot. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. This is weird because I, usually I would, but the, I feel like there's MJF is going to win, right? All I need is for Brian Danielson to come out to final countdown. From his, ring of, from his Ring of Honor days and kick his fucking head in. <laughs> and that, that's all I need. But MJF has to win this match. Danielson doesn't want to win this match. 
Even if Tony told Danielson to win this match, Danielson would probably put MJF on top of him because he doesn't want to be champion. He wants to put other people over. This will be the match that puts MJF over. Danielson's going to give it his all. I, I, the only question that I have, MJF is going to win. Does he cheat or does he just beat him? Oh, he's going to cheat. There's going to be some brass knucks. There's going to be... He should, right? Yeah, something crazy. But I think there's some... If he were able to beat Danielson in a wrestling match, he would be insufferable on television. You got to cheat one of the one of the falls. You would think so. Like just or, putting or it out there, the, grabbing the tights. Maybe not the last one. Maybe the last one. Maybe they're tied one one or two two, and it comes down to the last one, and he just guts it out. But one of those other ones, he feels that way. He's, he's grabbing some tights. I'm just saying, you have to make MJF, and it, right now, it feels there's nothing wrong with this. Feels like when Edge and Christian were tag champions, they never won clean. Yeah. They were tag teams champions for so long, then they were really entertained. They can go that route. But I would wonder if there's a part of Danielson that has went to Tony and was like, MJF should just beat me because it makes him a better wrestler and he will be insufferable. But we all know who's going to win. MJF. Cole? Yeah, I think I think the the way I see it playing out is I I not only think MJF wins. But I think he's going to be trailing the majority of the match. I, I see. I can. I feel like I see a scenario where uh, Danielson comes out. They both come out, and Danielson just jumps him right at the bell and gets like an early one nothing lead, like two minutes in. Crowd starts going absolutely nuts because obviously the crowd's going to be super behind Danielson. And by the way, what shouldn't be lost in. Any of us talking about the booking in in, in AW, the, the the situations surrounding the roster, what's going on here, what's going on there, what are the politics going on? These two have built this fucking match like crazy. They've both been awesome. Top of the awesome. car is always awesome. great. Yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. Like they sold a pay per view ticket. They have sold pay per view tickets as the main event. These guys have have done the job as the top of the card. So I think. They deserve their flowers on on that end. This is going to be a contender at the end of the year for match of the year. I know we're, we're all very partial that Omega Osprey is going to gonna take the cake because that's going to be hard to top that one. But this one's going to be really good. Um, I am I am not sure on. I I feel like MJF's got to resort to shenanigans because I feel like he's he is like the spiritual successor of Regal. So, you know, at least that's kind of how they've built him in AEW. So, like, he's got to come up with the, the the diamond ring or the brass knuckle somewhere. But I think he he's trailing most of the match, and he comes back to win it in the last few minutes. I'm going to say he wins. I think he wins cleanish towards the end. I like Cole's idea of him trailing. Having two finishes, like two pins right at the very end. They they love taking stuff right down to the final time limit yeah. in AEW. It's like that New Japan style booking where you go to the last second possible. So maybe he gets it at like the last second. Like he pins him at four, one, two, three, and right when the buzzer's going off, MJF wins it. He laughs at everyone. The music hits. We get the debut of Switchblade Jay White to stare down MJF to mm. end this card. No they thing. do not go past pay-per-views without big debuts, one big surprise, uh, one no, something. No. Switchblade shows up 
at this pay-per-view after the main event. As what? He's a fucking heel. He was a heel. He's you still- come into a company with this, with this crowd, you're nah. going to get a babyface pop. Hard pass. He can be a heel somewhere. Adam Cole was a heel when he left WWE. It doesn't matter. The crowd is going to pop for him. Jay White is not Adam Cole. Regardless, the crowd is going to pop for him. He's going to stare down MJF because they rocket people to the top. I'm good. Jay White is going to debut after this match. Yeah, I'll pass. And that's going to be the final surprise. Don't want it. Let's go home. (laughs) That's how it's going to (laughs) happen. Letting you know. Uh, If you guys have your predictions, hit us up on Twitter. Thank you all for listening to our entire pro wrestling show. It's been a good one. It's been a long one. So we'll keep this short and sweet. If you guys want to join us for strip clubs in LA, oh uh, DM, DM me. I'll give you guys details. <laughs> but for everyone here at Blue Wire Studios, for myself, the old man Andreas Hale, for producer Cole, Bay Bay, always stopping through, giving us pro wrestling takes. We appreciate you all. Follow us on social media, everywhere you get podcasts, YouTube, all that good stuff. Everything is up and on there right now. Thank you. Until next time, we're out. Peace. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.